season one, episode four, The Long Black Train is over, but we're just getting started over here at Post Show Recaps. Welcome back, my friends. It is I, Rich Filiberto, DM Philly out here on the internet, and I am back with you again talking about Yellowstone. Of course, I am not alone. I am with uh, the rancher, Grace Leader. Choo-choo, long black train. I guess I don't want to be on the long black train. You definitely I do don't. not want to be on the long black train. I'll you take the horse, bus. Grace. You I'll want take a horse. The- Okay, a horse. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah we're going to get you your own horse. We'll buy you a nice fancy horse. Um, How much? Like a mil? Five mil? Uh, it's, gosh, I mean, enough. More than enough. <laughs> I can't even buy a bad horse, Grace. Uh, episode four, The Long Black Train. It's over, Grace. What'd you think? I thought it was very, the show is good. I think that it's good. I get why people watch it. I think the duality of, uh, of our boy John Dutton uh, and the things that his family gets up to and, you know, the ruthless business of running the ranch. I thought this was all good and interesting. It continues uh, to impress me, I shall say. I dig it. I really like episode four. This is my favorite one so far. I think I like poked some fun at the first three of like these mounting series of insane circumstances that surround Casey Dutton's like simple traveling around the world. You know, this one feels a little bit more muted, not necessarily in a way, but I really dig it. Uh, Of course, you guys don't want to miss any of the Yellowstone coverage that we have going on. Postshowrecaps.com slash Yellowstone is the RSS feed. So you can subscribe and hear Grace and I showing up every week after the episodes have aired on Sunday nights over on CBS. Um, They are also on YouTube. You can catch us, Mm -hmm. post-show recaps on YouTube. And you can see me and Grace um, not riding horses, but rather recording this very podcast. Um, I dug this one, Grace. Every time I come back and rewatch Yellowstone, which has been like many Uh times now, I'm realizing, I hit this one and I'm like, okay, now we're like falling into a bit of a groove. I feel like it's a little bit more emblematic of like the show overall than the first three episodes that we kind of talked about in a bundle. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to get into it all with you. I mean, Casey doesn't kill anybody. He's being investigated for killing somebody. So there's that. But I was hoping it's his uh, run of uh, kill an episode would happen. But alas, it does not. But uh, not that nobody dies and it's at the hand of of a Dutton. So you know, it sure yeah. is a branded man himself. Uh, I got a little bit of a recap here, and then I guess we could dive into a proper grace. Do it. Um, so episode three, the long black train on the reservation, Thomas Rainwater is called in to the mass grave that is unearthed and which Casey left behind. Monica is dealing with the fallout of her sister-in-law's suicide and asks Casey to take Tate out where he will then bring him to the ranch to see grandpa Dutton. Uh, John having recently undergone surgery for cancer as his position as the head of the livestock association questioned by some of the old timers and he ends up taking Tate down to the river to teach him how to build a fire. Tate, however, takes a fall into the fast-moving water, and John has to run him down and dive in after him to save his grandson. Uh, Jimmy has a hard day on and off the saddle, but he manages to make it back to the ranch with his hat and his horse and even a stray calf that he recovered out on the bush. And a ranch hand named Fred antagonizes him. Uh, Jimmy may throw the first punch, but Rip Wheeler throws the last of this brawl as he breaks up the fight and fires Fred, explaining to Jimmy that for a branded man like him, the ranch is his family now. The Freds will come and go, but for men like them, this is home. 
Uh, Beth takes Dan Jenkins to a local cowboy bar where she and the cowboys will test his mettle as John Dutton struggles with the weakness that he feels after nearly losing his grandson to the raging torrent that afternoon. And Lloyd drives Fred to the train station, which we will come to learn is actually just the edge of a cliff, and he gives him his ticket in one lead bullet to end the man. Casey's arrested on the drive home, and Rip finds Beth at the bar where the pair take the dance floor together to end the episode grace uh where do you want to start um anywhere i don't know i feel like um how did can i ask a question how did did, did, when did thomas get out of jail did did i miss this did he get out of jail last week wasn't he in jail thomas Uh, rainwater was in jail right thomas rainwater was in jail we didn't see it happen uh this is the thing about yellowstone yellowstone like moves kind of quick there is this idea of yeah like time moving and and sheridan as a writer he talks about it he likes these really simple plot lines which means not uh, every other plot line gets like the kind of visible closure on screen that we may expect from other tv shows uh thomas rainwater was in jail now he's out of jail and he's dealing with this whole thing so i think it is a good question and like one that i I come up with like similarly i think john's cancer uh coming up as yeah. it does it's like, like an a- episode four that feels like it would be a thing that's like this is where we start the show almost of like yep. this old man who has cancer no it's like dropped at the beginning of episode four i actually do want to start with john because um i think that john's story this episode for me is the complexity of it of of him as a man i think is the most interesting of anything we go through this this episode which is He's a man who had colon cancer and had to have surgery, proclaims himself to be fine and healthy. And at the same time, he's having this sweet day with his with his grandson. Mm-hmm. His grandson gets, you know, into the water. And you're like, I think you could as a grand, like, I, you know, like I'm presuming he feels bad that this happened. And also it's like, this is a thing that can happen. And I saved him and we're OK, but knows his parents will not be happy. All that is happening well, like he's also sending a man to die. He's mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's, it's wild to me. That's the show. Yeah, it is. That's the show, right? I mean, it really is in terms of like, let the show tell you what it is. It is this interpersonal drama that shares a lot of traits with a soap opera about this dysfunctional family and the baggage that kind of like weighs them all down and, and the humanity that exists in all of them, right? It's definitely a show that likes to explore the contradiction of the human experience, right? And the way that like two absolutely opposing ideas can both simultaneously be true, right? Right. John is like a good man, air quotes, a loving grandfather. Uh, he really like cares about his family, but also is absolutely OK with like sending men to their deaths for seemingly small offenses grace uh, this is like the other note here right that like Fred is like getting sent to the train which is a metaphor that we're going to continue to use of like going to the train, right? Getting dropped off at the train station. But Fred's going to the train because he hit Jimmy and Jimmy apparently like is more than the peon that we thought he was as we've been going along. The fact that he's got this brand is a big deal. But to the John Dutton, I love it. I one time had to jump into a river to save my uncle's dog in a very similar fashion. So much less emotional moment, but I can relate to John Dutton running along the like frantic river, stripping clothes, getting ready to like leap in uh i like this beat can i say i hate tate uh we're talking about kids on other shows but i do not like this kid he's such a knucklehead how do you even fall into that river grace he jumped to get a stick he jumped to get a stick for the fire a bigger stick 
Yeah, that is actually true. I like John sending him to get kindling and he comes back with toothpicks. He's like, no, you're going to need a little bigger than that. I like Tate. I think uh, Tate uh, Tate and Jeremy from episode one where he calls uh, his uncle an effer. Uh, So, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with Tate. I like Tate. But I think I'm more predisposed to uh, root for the kids than than some other people on post-show recap. So that's fine. But, um, yeah, I mean. She's talking about me, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And Jess Sterling. Not to name names, but I'm going to name Jess Sterling. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, is it outlandish and maybe silly, you know, in terms of like this guy, Fred's going to punch Jimmy. So he's going to, he's got to, he's got to die. I, I mean, I get, I guess, but I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I had heard this cause I, I when we're talking about like the reason we're covering this is because it's airing on CBS weekly. And one of the things is well, you and I are watching, we're pre-recording, so we're watching the episodes. Uh, I believe I'm watching them on Amazon Prime in Canada. Uh, they're not actually on Paramount. It's very annoying. And um, there's this rumor that CBS was going to edit them slightly. So I'd heard mm-hmm. that the show was a little gritty, um, that uh, maybe some of the nudity might not be able to make it to to network TV. So I, I knew that there was this element of, of Yellowstone. Um, you know, death, I, this is really ruthless. Uh, to work on the Yellowstone Ranch potentially means you have to die if you get fired from it. It's, it's a lot. It's a big it is a lot. It's a real big deal, right? And um, I think, like, quietly, this notion that Rip is saying to Jimmy, you know, they're going to come and go. You're going to see a thousand of them. We're going to die here. Like, Jimmy, whether he realized it or not, is all in on Yellowstone at this point, Grace. Like, wearing that brand is a big deal, right? Uh, and, and not like a, a – <laughs> it's not a thing that, like – what does he say? It's a thing that you have to earn, right? Uh, it's not a thing you're deserving of. It's a thing that you earn ultimately. And so it's kind of interesting to me in that, like, Jimmy's in way over his head here, you know, as we see his, like, day out on the ranch. He can't barely ride the horse. He falls off while John Dutton's helicoptering around. But he does. He gets his hat. He gets the cow. He makes it back. You know, he's, like, dead on his feet. And Rip then is going to be like, nah, you make them go look at you. Because ultimately for Rip, it's less about Jimmy and it's more about the importance of the brand and the reverence for the ranch well the part of me is like why doesn't everybody get branded i know that mm-hmm. jimmy is this is a um, uh, a favor for yep. somebody that john knows and i can't yep. quite remember no nope, that's all is. that I mean, matters just yeah. an old friend of john's yeah yeah and so that's why it feels like he gets branded um as opposed to why like somebody random like fred who shows up uh would not necessarily be branded it's like basically a way to make sure i to be to be i don't know the jimmy step for me is i feel like not fully working for me mm-hmm. thus far mm-hmm. like i think one of the previous episodes you were like oh yeah and what about jimmy like yep. he's the lens to which we see and i was like oh yeah i guess i guess he's kind of there and struggling and i no no shade to jimmy this is exactly how i would be if i got a job working on a ranch like i would also be like i don't know i lose my hat and (laughs) (laughs) whatever but um it's not completely working for for me and that's mostly like i don't i mean jimmy is um a recovering uh addict right that's where Mm -hmm. we meet him when Mm -hmm. he when he does get branded by by rip i just feel like i need more from him personally it's you know to be sort of like the sad 
guy hanging around and and not really i I, i'm waiting for like something to kick jimmy's yeah i mean so far jimmy doesn't do things grace jimmy has no agency things happen to jimmy right that's kind of the circumstance um i i like always kind of consider jimmy the point of view character to a certain degree because he's this outsider that's new to the ranch right and he's like very much not a cowboy (laughs) you know they're gonna like try to turn him into one so in that way like in the same way that we're like crashing into this montana cattle rancher life like he also kind of is but i feel you i do think it's like some of the weakest stuff early on for sure um and we'll see whether or not like that changes for you as we keep going with it but yeah lloyd is the guy who ends up like taking fred out to the train station there i love lloyd uh we're gonna get to talk more about lloyd as we go but i think it's a great little like lloyd moment right and the whole notion that like rip's gotta go get approval from john can I say one thing that I'm really enjoying thus far is that there's a guy every once in a while. I feel like there's actually a couple people in the show who I keep. I'm like, oh, that guy looks a lot like Sam Elliott, who I know is in a Yellowstone property. I believe he's in 1883. So he's not. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. There's multiple people who just kind of look like Sam Elliott. And I'm like, yes. oh, interesting. And then it confuses my brain. because like, oh, no, he's not in this one. He's in the other one. <laughs> Lloyd is the most consistent Sam Elliott impersonator that we're going to get. Lloyd yeah. is okay. this guy, Forey J. Smith, and he's got the mustache. Yeah. The yeah going on the black eyebrows you know it's so, more like, handlebar than sam elliott but yeah i see it yeah uh there's huge like sam elliott energy coming from lloyd lloyd is like one of my favorites um a- across his duration on the series here you know so this whole nation notion of um casey's family right casey doesn't mm-hmm. have to kill anybody this episode but he is going to deal with some of the fallout for mm-hmm. all the killing that has gone on previously grace how's like the casey monica family dynamic working for you I think I think it I mean John was certainly my favorite stuff of episode 4 but I, I don't I think this stuff is like not that far behind i think this is like you know i think the idea this is so sad right and it's so oh, yeah. and again the way that i think the um the way that John can can feel rootable is the same thing i feel here with with Casey i think that like i want to root for him cuz he's the guy who like he went away he's trying to do it on his own he's living on a you know reservation he has this boy you know t- he's got this son he's trying to take care of his family and yet the reason the suicide has happened and they call it this episode i think the line the exact line is like it's not a, it wasn't a suicide it was a sacrifice like no yep. food in the fridge this woman knew she could not take care of five kids and so she commits suicide you know, partially she must be depressed that her husband is gone, but now also like, what am I going to do? And so the complicated nature of Casey and Monica being so closely associated with all of this that's happened while Casey is literally the man who killed um, her husband, I think is, this is, this is the stuff that I think um, Yellowstone does is doing the best for me so far more than, than anything else. Jimmy and Beth, they're, like there's enough there that I'm like I'm not bored, but I feel mm-hmm. like this the 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 shades of grayness to these storylines is, is what I find really compelling. So I, I do I do like this, I, you know. And then you also get Gil Birmingham, Gil Birmingham, sorry, being in this situation, like trying to figure out what happened. And um, I kind of like that. I I kind of expected a little bit as like all of these things happened with Casey. That I feel like 
I, I have this mentality of like, maybe this was when shows were like 24 episodes that like people will not find out about this stuff until so much later. And yep. it's so quickly that they're, <laughs> they like figure everything out in this, in the show. I feel like revelations come out pretty quickly after something happens um, in a way that I think makes sense for shows that are like more tightly contained into shorter seasons. Yeah. Again, like um, I, I like the, the the complexity that you're identifying, you know, like I'll sometimes say Yellowstone's like a soap opera because it is right. But the opera part of that, right. The absolute yeah. like incredible, like woven tapestry of grief that is so embedded in these people. Like ultimately Casey had to kill Monica's brother because Monica's brother was going to kill his brother. And in doing so now Monica's sister-in-law has like killed herself and Casey's sons, nieces and nephews are orphans like it's all so deeply fraught and complex and like the Ouroboros of the snake eating itself right and it is deeply tragic I've, his relationship with Monica I really like um, we'll, we'll be tracking that as we go but this guy who is I mean very much the story is about generations it's about like this family across the generations and the notion that Casey's trying to strike it out on his own and find his own path and doesn't live on the ranch and has chosen to like try to embrace bed himself in the Native American culture that is his wife's family's culture, right? Um, that's really compelling stuff to me, right? And it's very fraught with all of it. I love Monica articulating the whole notion of like, it wasn't suicide, it's sacrifice. Like so often when you're dealing with grief and you're looking for answers to these unanswerable questions, um, you, you, there is never going to be any kind of resolution, but she's able to understand this in a way that doesn't mitigate the pain of the loss of this woman that she loved or the loss for the children that are going to grow up as like orphans with no parents but it intellectualizes it she can understand why this happened and it puts a whole new layer of guilt and weight on casey's shoulders in a way that i think is is really interesting for us to clock moving forward yeah um even this idea that like the reason casey sends tate to go hang out with his grandfather um is just so he won't be there right when his cousins yes. are like literally uh taken away it's not like he won't notice but to like you know um th this is an interesting complexity of like you know i don't exactly get along with my grandfather i've he's agreed sort of like to let him have a relationship with him but to basically go like go spend the day together but it's mostly so that like you know to shield tate from mm -hmm. the reality of what's happening is um yeah, it's all I, I think it's it's interesting. Um, even if we don't ex I mean, Casey does get arrested by the end of this episode. Obviously, like um, you know, uh the police are are honing in on the fact that he um might have killed this 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 man uh right they find the buried graves is that right yeah it's the yeah. four guys from the van which again right. just to talk about the way that we play with time in yellowstone like they're not corpses down there those are bones right, right. and and thomas is gonna like smack the one bone in half and be like it smells pretty fresh to me as the guy gags but ultimately they've been buried long enough to like decompose significantly they're not finding like mummified corpses down mm -hmm. there so like time has passed since episode three we are like i think almost could imagine like months later a month later two months later something like that right which kind of like explains some of how thomas rainwater is out of jail already can i do you think that this is a i don't think that um they ever intended the show to like re-air on cbs this is a show but it didn't it did drop weekly when it dropped on yes. on streaming right so i feel like this is a thing that I'm kind of having to adjust my brain to maybe is the idea of 
um I wonder if this is because it airs weekly. And I, I do feel like the demographic, not the, you know, I could look this up whether this is true or not, but I do feel like it skews older. This is a show that my dad watched. Yep. Yep. I think that that's right? really fair. I mean, we talk to like a lot of people about TV and most of the folks I know that are big Yellowstone fans are older than I am or thereabouts. Right. And so I wonder actually if this is like, I'll have to like keep this in mind as we're watching, but the idea that it is, and that idea that like time has passed since the last episode it does to me feel very networky in a way that I've talked about. Um, this show feels like a network show that was put on a streaming service. So this idea that like, I feel like when you want to uh, throw out a random example, like you want like Chicago fire, like you, we pop back in to the, I know very silly, but you pop, you pop back into like whatever's happening and however much time has passed, it doesn't really matter essentially and sometimes it's literally like yeah a week later or a few days later whatever um whereas most of these prestige shows i feel like you know there was so much talk about the timeline of succession and people trying oh to ask, what, yeah what day of the week are we on and does this make sense an election is on a tuesday and so it has to be like this day or whatever and i feel like this is so much more of a network tv thing and, and actually um jesse armstrong creator and writer of succession eventually had to be like hey tv's really hard and actually like don't worry about the time like actually do not worry about yeah, it this Doesn't is matter. not a game that i built in for you guys to be playing you're chasing your own tail a little bit yeah and i feel like sometimes like these network shows get that benefit of the doubt more than like sometimes the most prestigious hbo sunday night show right where we're like okay it has to be this amount of time this is a show that i feel like is more than comfortable to just sort of like live in nebulous time of like that exact the first thing i asked is like um you know how is uh thomas rainwater out of jail and it's like it doesn't really matter you just have to assume that like time has passed and he's got out and i feel like i'll learn to watch the show in that way but i just think it was an interesting it's an interesting ob observation i think to make about no i think part of what's show. fun for me talking about yellowstone is the way that i think it embodies a lot of the more traditional television that i grew right. up with right? right despite like the violence and the rating that we're talking about right like the act structure even the way that it follows and you could feel like where commercial breaks would go this is the thing we've been talking about a lot because there's been a recent announcement that amazon prime the streaming service is going to do the thing like hulu and a lot of other streaming services of like oh an ad free tier they're going to start adding advertising in, in the middle of the episodes is this going to change the way that writers for shows like the wheel of time or like tales from the loop or something like that or for the ad episodes yeah. for these ad breaks right uh -huh. and there was some commentary in the discord about how like a lot of um like actual tv writers by career talk about that as being like a feature not a bug that it creates like opportunities to write into and out of acts or scenes right when you know you have this kind of natural intermission that is built into the thing but i think in the same way while this is not a 23 episode like show that aired in 1989 on cbs it feels like that and it uses a lot of the same kind of methodology that existed in like the old guard of television right it really is exactly i think what you're talking about in terms of it's a serialized show right like right. We're, we're tracking episode to episode all the episodes like matter and impact each other but there is an element to that episodic like serial uh, tv drama of like you could pop in any of these watch it as your first episode and be like oh wow i really like yellowstone and go back to like get caught up it almost doesn't matter if this is the first time you're meeting these characters until we get pretty deep in i think um, yeah like the the thing of like and i'm just pointing it out as a random example because i i wanted to i 
I'm watching a lot of TV these days, Rich. As yeah, are you. I, know, I think you are watching more than me, in fact. So um, the idea that like what happened with Thomas Rainwater, I only pointed out because like I feel like I'm a pretty good I'm pretty good at watching TV, I think. And I was like, wait, I'm a little bit confused. Did I miss something? But I also don't have time to go back. So to me, the only reason I point out, but, but your point about this is a show where you could drop in like that episode arc needed to be basically like, um, you know, uh, John gets him like he steals the cattle. He goes to jail for that thing happening. And then, and then by the end of the episode, it's so that John and Th can have this conversation. And the background is like Thomas is in jail. Right. And maybe we should have gotten a scene at the end of that episode of like Thomas gets out of jail, but they mm -hmm. didn't, you know, whatever the reason they cut it for time mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. The next episode, what we need to know is that Thomas Rainwater is actually, you know, the chief uh, of this tribe and is investigating, um, Casey that's what we need to know we don't it, it, they not really care that like John had put him in jail for stowing the cat it's not really important by this episode so like and I don't mean that as like a discredit to the to the show I think that like I have to shift my brain sometimes depending on what we're talking about to yep. figure out like I'm trying to as much as possible give shows credit for writing the shows the way they are when I really feel like they missed the mark is when I feel like I feel like I'm in the intended audience for this show or like I can put myself in the viewpoint of the intended audience and it's not working and I feel like the show is working for me and that's what I'm saying like yeah is it a bit like pretty wild for a man to work on a ranch and get killed yes but this show is supposed to be like this is the grittiest ranch like yep. tough job you're gonna work on and this is like the one ranch where it's like this is what happens on the like CD Montana ranch, you know, and there's this like good old boy image of John Dutton. So, um, yeah, I just think it's interesting to look at, look at the show through that lens. No, I think it's really insightful. I mean, we do talk about a lot of TV and let the show tell you what it is. That's part of the process, right? It's like how to watch it, how to understand it. And I think that exactly what you're isolating, that it doesn't matter that we know that Thomas was like arrested for this whole cattle thing or the contentiousness between like him and John is relevant within the context of this hour of the story, right? So we don't need to focus on it. Generally, they don't leave like dangling participles. Like John uh, or, or Thomas having been arrested for that does matter and will will come back right we will like address it but it's just not relevant within this um, it's really interesting yeah. though right to think of this show being aired weekly with the intention of this newer audience who's going to watch it who almost nobody i'm friends with has cable and if they do it's because they watch sports that's yep. one of the last bastions of like yep. i have cable it's the, basically the reason i do also in canada for a very weird reason you cannot get the wwe network without having a cable subscription that's the other reason i have it so uh, i'm a i'm a very weird person rich um but i think that the idea it's interesting that the show is a streaming show and it would be very rare that you would watch like um uh you know episode four as your first episode right that's just not the way streaming works but i yep. have a theory rich if this is my father who's watching the show is it built this way not that it happened to be perfect it's perfect we can air it on tv and if somebody watches episode four before they've then they watched episode one and two they missed three and now because they had church or whatever you know and now they're here mm -hmm. that's a very late church but that's okay and now they're here for episode four for streaming was it designed for my father who often falls asleep watching tv <laughs> so, yeah and so like to make it simple for my father who'd be like 
I knew I fell asleep for 45 minutes of the last episode, but I still understand what's going on. Again, I mean, Taylor Sheridan, um, he's become like a really formidable creator in the Hollywood yeah. landscape. But when he talks about it, he says like he just fundamentally is interested in writing about character and he wants these really hard boiled, simple stories. Right. Yeah. So in that sense, like, yes, I think like the Taylor Sheridan may, is not your actual dad, but like it's yeah. the same headspace. to a degree, Well, I forgot right? to tell you, Taylor Sheridan is my dad. Did I tell oh, you my God. <laughs> Grace, <laughs> I want to go to the ranch. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so I do think that, yes. Right. And again, like I'm not saying that as like a criticism of it. I think that it's really good no, I, I'm in saying, its yeah. space. Right. Um, yeah. it, it like is very effective at doing exactly that, at providing these. And, and in a series like that is originally written. I mean, uh, you know, this episode aired, season one is 2018. I feel like it was way longer ago that the show came out. Uh, it's been a long five years, Grace. A very long five years. Yeah. But it even still, like, it was airing on on a cable network, right? And it was a weekly release. And I think it's written in that very traditional kind of release structure to be able to kind of engage you and pull you in. Yeah. Um, you talked about Beth a little bit. And the Beth stuff, like, maybe there being, like, just enough there. There. I I I don't know that I like love the Beth storyline so much right now. I just think Kelly Riley is like the standout performer to me outside of Kevin Costner of like the people who really explode off the screen. And part of that may be like I'm over indexing because she is like such a feminine presence in this very like masculine landscape. There's not a lot of like women playing in this ensemble, Grace. And, and she like owns her space in this very aggressive kind of challenging way. Right. But um, I know that she's like a fan favorite so how about the best stuff this week it's so interesting to me that she's a fan favorite because i i do not find myself like ex you know rooting for her in a way i i feel bad i think she's a fan favorite because she's messy not necessarily she's because people love her right right um i feel really bad for her. i thought one of some of the best stuff we've seen so far is you know the scene with her mom when her mom passes away and what an impact that would have on beth she definitely is messy. I do think it's fun to bring Dan Jenkins to the club and get him <laughs> beat up a bunch. I think that's pretty funny. I don't know. It's to me, I where I thought we were going. And it's funny because it gets just <laughs> to keep talking about like the, the what, what this show reminds me of is this old TV show. And I, I and I feel like this is a this feels a lot of like a lot of filler because we got this thing about she's going to run for office john wants her to run for office and stay here and i feel like i don't know it i the, the what is she doing with dan she's is she just messing with him what is she doing with with dan jenkins here i, I, I think I'm, it's a good question what is she doing with dan jenkins i think there's energy here of like does she want to sleep with this man is she trying to seduce him is she bringing him to the bar to like see if he's like made of the right stuff for her to approve or is she just like measuring his metal a little bit is does she just want like a read on this guy of like where can i push him what are his weak spots how will he hold up to this very like out of place circumstance does she just want to see him like get beat up a little bit is it purely for like the amusement of watching like this fish out of water grace like i don't think it's clear and i think that's part of why people like beth right she is an agent of chaos in like a very real way uh we're talking about a lot of tv and know and and like this notion of like being able to like thrive within the chaos chaos is a ladder like 
Beth is like a bit of a wrecking ball and it's sometimes hard to know which direction she's going to go or like who sent her that way if she's sending herself. So like, I don't know what, what is your take on like why she's bringing Dan there? I think it's a good question. I, well, so she has this relationship with rip and I actually really like the last moment of this episode where they're on the dance floor and they're, they're dancing, they're slow dancing and she smiles. And I feel like she is a woman who has had, you know, people have hated her, her mom basically, right? Like, you know, maybe not hate, but like certainly didn't love her. Like she loved Casey in that moment when she's like, this is her fault. She needs to go and like, find your father's last act is definitely to leave this terrible pain on the girl right whether she hated her or not like she definitely like did her wrong you know and i think that she's like living the world with that mentality of like my mom this is how my mom moved through the world and it's how i think people think about me so i'm gonna i'm gonna push and prod and poke and get you beat up and and all of this stuff in the hopes that somebody will actually not respond to her in that way. We'll actually respond back to her with love, which is what Rip does two things. Uh, one of the previous episodes, Cameron, when she's naked in the tub, he's like, I'm the only one who will wrestle you out there. I'm the only one who can bring you back. And so she wants this like tough love, but I think more than it being tough, she just wants, she wants love. She wants to know that she like pushes that you don't, you don't fight like fight back is the wrong, but like, you know, run away. No, I get it. I yeah. mean, it's really like toxic, behavior pattern when you talk about like toxic relationships this is kind of what it's about right like it's a little bit of her love language is like this volatility and i know a lot of people in my life some of which may be way too close to myself that um that are like this right that are really Mm -hmm. Mm self-destructive with their interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. because there is this measure of validation of like well if i treat you horrible and you don't leave me and you're like willing to be here then maybe you do really love me and like maybe i can believe this i mean clearly like beth is a woman that's self-medicating like has some substance abuse control like elements going on here to a degree like as we saw on then she goes into like the horse trough on the 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 like you know anniversary yeah. of her mother's death but i'm with you i think it ends on such a tender beat as she comes and is like talking to rip about the music festival and the pair of them walk out and rip is like you know he's such the caricature of the like stoic you know like pick yourself up by your bootstraps show no he's emotion the most kind of cowboy cowboy son like 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 kind of figure that john has right like like even lee who is like tragically passed was like a little, like he was like, you know, I just love cat or whatever. And that's not yep. rips. Like willing to like, I'll go beat up people. I'll brand P he's the guy who John sends out to do a lot of the dirty work. Right. Probably because he doesn't want his kids doing that, but also like, yeah, he's a cowboy. Tough cowboy. No, I'm with you. Rip is a hard man, right? And ultimately, Rip's the one who's going to make the call about Fred. It's not like John's like, you need to go deal with this guy for mm-hmm. me. And Rip then will go tell him. And John's like, your call, man. You run the bunkhouse, you know, yeah. if you say so. Uh, and he does give him this little beat of like, go fetch somebody new. Do it the old way, like my yeah. dad used to at the prison. So uh, more on yeah. that as we're talking mm-hmm. about next episode. But Rip Wheeler, really interesting character. And this like final stinger of he and Beth kind of connecting it really works for me their relationship is just so um it's it's interesting right as they're yeah. these kind of like impenetrable characters i think a lot of the other folks like a jamie even a john a casey we have a pretty decent sense for episodes in of like their motivations at least if not all of their demons
demons, like what's driving them. But, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like a rip or a Beth, it's like, but why, why are they doing the things that they're doing? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think maybe I want, you know, Dan, obviously important to the story in some mm-hmm. ways he's trying to get the development land, but, but I just kind of felt like it didn't tie into the story enough for, for me to make it the most compelling yep. stuff of the episode. Um, it, you know, it kind of seems like, I don't know. She, she brings him out. And then um, I did. Is it where her, her or his wife is like, she's fun. She was great. We should hang out with her. more. <laughs> I hate that woman. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you know, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, we'll see how you feel about Beth and Jimmy going forward. I think it's really interesting. Cause like your take on Jimmy is very similar to life, how I felt the first time I watched it where I'm like, all right, this guy is the most annoying part. Like what's working for this show for me is first of all, how beautiful it is. It's really mm-hmm. like pretty well shot. The Vista's Good credit. Like staggering. I like the credits. I like the opening credits. Kind of oh, do you? I'm, mm-hmm. I dig the opening credits. I like the song. The song like hooks me in. It's not like quite the Game of Thrones pounder, but like it gets me right to Montana, Grace. I find mm-hmm. it like transportive. Can I take like one shot though? I don't know if yeah. I was alone in this, but as John Dutton is like pulling Tate out of the river, like that was such a crash test dummy under his yeah. arm that it's kind yeah. of hilarious as yeah. he's like running back up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, put him in the big coat, you know, later. Yeah. Um, Jamie's not really in this episode, right? He's kind of around. Pretty minimal Jamie. Yeah, we have really, like, minimal Jamie going on, as it were. Um, but but this notion of, like, John's sickness and him getting, like, pushed out of the role as the livestock commissioner, we just kind of, like, touched in and out of it, of, like, the cancer, right? This is, like, a whole nother weight that's on this guy. Is we're going to see John, like, start his day drinking his coffee, having a delightful morning. Then everything goes on with Tate, and he, like, is the one saying like look your dad's gonna be really mad and Tate's like but you saved me he says yeah but from a situation that i put you in and then at the end like the last beats with john dutton in front of the fire his wallet's all dumped out his knife's on the floor all his stuff's everywhere and he seems to be like haranguing himself for the fact that like he lost his grandfather or his grandson i should Mm -hmm. say like do you have any strong feelings about this of like the cancer and like the way that he's kind of like reflective at the end of this episode and like muttering to himself it's such a display of like weakness compared to like this implacably strong man that we watch walking around the farm all day Okay, so tough toughest part of doing this is that the show has been on for four and a half seasons, I believe, or in the middle of season five. It's coming back. I know that Kevin Costner is not coming back, but I know that he's on the show for <laughs> like four seasons or whatever. So yeah. kind of tough to be like, will this come in? Like it could, but I also feel like I don't think he's going to be a man with cancer for four. But I mean, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is I, the most interesting choice to me, as I said before, is that we don't find out about this until episode four, that it that it takes a little while to like reveal something else about this man, which could be, you know, an intentional choice. I'm intrigued why they did that. Could also be that they're like, what if we added this? Like, do, do we have enough on this man about like his mortality? He's lost a child, um, you know, in terms of like, what comes next and legacy is a big thing as he's thinking about like the town changing. Right. And like making sure that the town doesn't change. Like if he's the man, he's, like we had this, my favorites, one of my favorite scenes is him and, and Dan Jenkins, him on the golf course, um, John on the ranch and talking about like, no, I like things do go through me in this town. And mm-hmm. then what happens if you're not around, you know? Um, and, and also just, you know, the, the weakness that it might, 
you know, put up that this guy is literally being like, hey, do we need somebody else? He's like, who else? Who else will do this? So I think it is an interesting thing to have added to to John and like this this weight that he's been carrying. I do kind of like that it comes up in episode four, and I hope that it was more so uh, an intentional decision rather than something they added in later. And even if it is, it doesn't matter because I think it works. Is that like even we were shielded from it? We're supposed to like get the insight into the show, but it was a secret that was left from us. And then in episode four, this one other thing that John is dealing with in terms of all the the he's dealing with a lot of stuff in his life at the moment. So. Yeah, it just struck me. I like the like weakness, the mortality, right? Of yeah. like the strong man alone in the room, like coming apart and beating himself up for what it is. Like where he's talking to Tate about like Casey's going to be angry at me. Like he's angry at himself for letting this happen. And there is this little bit of like the question in his mind. I think when it comes to the cancer and all of it, of like, am I slipping? How much longer can I do this? Um, did you have a favorite scene this episode, Grace? Did anything like really jump out at you? um what did i like i do like the ending i do really like the ending i think that the like as much as the best stuff is maybe not working for me i do think the slow dance is really sweet um boy i don't uh, you know let me also give the complete opposite to the tender moment which is please lloyd killing uh fred is is pretty brutal and pretty like you know some stuff i do like in my television show to just be like as dark and traumatic as possible not literally i mean it is literally dark it was a little hard to see but you know yeah, yeah. Fred. I love Lloyd killing Fred. The whole like the revelation of what's happening there because that they don't make they're so cool and composed about like yeah maybe not the bus station the maybe the train yeah maybe yeah. take the train yeah it's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really like smooth and the revelation of like what's going on there. And his friends like kind of railing against like F the Yellowstone land, F John Dunn, F all this. And Lloyd's like, all right, buddy, you know. <laughs> It's really, really great. I bet you did not expect we were going to hear about a goblin sword fight on yellow. Oh, I loved it. We did. We sure did. I really love the beat where John is talking to the kid about like, I'm going to miss this. And he's like, but why, what are you talking about? And he's like, someday I'm just going to be a shriveled old raisin in the corner telling you stories that you don't want to listen to. You know, um, I, that one like hit me solid. Uh, yeah. But I think I probably going to go with like Lloyd giving him the bus ticket. Grace, that's episode four of Yellowstone. We'll be back next week talking about episode five. Uh, until then, where are you? What do you got going on? Uh, talking a lot. You and I are chatting uh, through the TV show Rome every day. It's the fall of Rome, Rich. Every single day, every weekday, we're talking about a new episode of HBO's Rome. Our flag means death returns uh, this week. So Sarah Carradine, Brooklyn Zed, and I will be chatting through that. You, Aaron, and I are chatting Tales from the Loop. And Aaron and I are chatting movies each week. Aaron and I also talking the morning show. I'm on social media at High From Grace. I am at DM Philly and all the places you want to find me, Twitch, YouTube, all those places. I'm talking about uh, the Wheel of Time as it's about to wrap up with this series finale. I'm talking about Ahsoka just wrapped up, Tales from the Loop, all the stuff that Grace mentioned. There's a lot going on. Go hit me up on Twitter to keep up with all of that. Thank you all for joining us here on the Longback Train. We will be back next week. But until then, just remember, don't take any train rides with Lloyd it's going to end really bad